We give you glory this morning for everything that you've done, for all that you're about to do. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to read this morning 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, 4, and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5. The Bible says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Hallelujah. i like somebody who has a King James Version to read. Who has a King James Version of the Holy Scriptures? Please read. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mm. but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, to bring it into captivity, every thought of the obedience of Christ. Father, take glory this morning, and bless this word, and honor your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on the topic, pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. Now before I get into the heart of this message, I want to tell you a story. There was a pastor's wife that was in the house alone because the husband traveled. And when the husband traveled, she was in the room. And then she started hearing a vibration in the room. Like a sound of a vibration, like every now and then. And the pastor's wife went into the room to look where the vibrational sound was coming from and she could not find. And being a spiritual woman, she understood that sometimes everything we hear is not physical. Sometimes those things are spiritual. So she started praying. And it looks that whenever she prayed and prayed and prayed, the sound will stop. When she stopped praying, the sound came back on again. Then she went back into prayers. And when she prayed again for like five minutes, the sound will stop. And when she stops, the sound came back on. To the point that she was so frustrated, she was so defeated by this sound, that she decided to call the assistant pastor to the house. And said, man of God, I need you to come to the house right away. There is something going on in my life, in my house, that I don't understand. So the assistant pastor ran to the pastor's house. And said, woman of God, what is going on? He said, there is a demonic sound in my room that has been sounding since morning. And no matter how hard I pray, that sound will not stop. The assistant pastor, being a prayer warrior, jumped into prayers right away. Started praying in the Holy Ghost. Started casting out devils. Kicking out demons. Calling the blood of Jesus. Invoking every spiritual power that he knew. But the sound continued. When a pastor prayed, 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 the sound will cease. And when he, continued, when he stopped, the sound came back on. So after like two hours of prayers, and they were now all tired, they have sweated so much that they don't know what, what else to do. And then the pastor said, let, them, let me go close to where this sound is coming from. To really find out what exactly is causing this sound. 
If this devil is under the bed or this devil is under the pillow, and as the pastor went close, the pastor discovered that the senior pastor who traveled forgot his phone in the house. I was trying to call the wife to find out if the phone was in the house. So the phone was on the bedside cupboard, vibrated now and fell into another box that was beside the bed. So whenever he was calling, that is where the vibration sound was coming from. There was no devil in the house. There was no demon in the house. But that sound of this vibration made the pastor and the pastor's wife to pray for two hours. May I say to you this morning, the biggest devils that we fight are not the devils out there, they're the devils in their minds. Can I say it again? I said the biggest devils that we fight are not the devils that are out there, but they are devils in our minds. That is why this morning, we want to pull down those strongholds. Hallelujah. We want to bring them down. I don't know the vibration sound that has been controlling your life. Maybe a vibration from your village. A vibration from your father's house. A vibration from your job. That has made you to believe that the devil is very powerful. This morning, we are about to demystify that vibration. To let you know that he who rose from the dead has conquered all. Hallelujah. God has conquered all. The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. If you are a child of God, you are an overcomer. Amen. 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 The Bible says in verse 3 of our text, it says, for though we walk in the flesh. Now, there is a difference between walking in the flesh and living in the flesh. There is a difference between walking in the flesh and living in the flesh. When the Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, it is not saying we are walking in our human flesh. It means though we walk in the natural, though we walk in this world. But the difference between living in the flesh is that you live according to your feelings. You live according to your senses. You live according to your perceptions. You live according to your judgments. There is a difference between walking in the flesh and living in the flesh. We are natural people, but we are not made of natural uh, composites. We are spiritual beings clothed with flesh in order to help us live in this natural world. Because no spirit is allowed to live on this earth without flesh. That is why when we see a spirit or we perceive a spirit, we call it ghosts. Because they are not permitted to be here without flesh. Jesus Christ could have come on this earth to deliver us from sin. But Jesus Christ had no permission as a spirit to come on the earth. That is why he needed the permission of a woman to get into the womb of a woman and be born so that he could be clothed with flesh in order to deliver us. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So even though we are in this world in the flesh, we walk in the flesh, we are not of the flesh. That is what the Bible says, even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. Is somebody hearing me? Even though I am in this America, I am not of this America. I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. I'm a spirit that has been clothed in the flesh. The really me that you see is not this black man that you see. The really me that you see has no color, has no race. There is a spirit inside of me. That spirit that God breathed into me when he created me, that is the real me who is made in the image of God. Hallelujah. Amen. In verse number four, 
I mean, in the same verse 3, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not live according to the flesh. It says, we do not war in the flesh. What does that mean? We don't fight physical battles. You know, there's some people that are ready to confront anybody that comes their way. Like, somebody will say, I told the supervisor of my mind. I don't care if they fire me or not. I gave him the peace of my mind. You are fighting a wrong battle. We don't fight battles in the flesh. There's some people at your job that are being remote controlled by the devil. What you need to do is to go to where the remote control is and not the people that the devil is controlling. Is anybody hearing me? For example, if something is displayed on your TV that you don't like, what do you do? You go to the remote control and change what you see on your TV. But what some of us do is this. Instead of going to where the remote control is, we go to the TV and this is what we are doing. Change. And no matter how you beat, it's never going to change because the power to control the TV is in the remote. That's what the devil is, that's what the Bible is saying. All the battles that we see in this world, the things we see in this world, those are not the things we fight against. We fight against the powers that are producing those things. Is somebody hearing me? Sometimes you have a child that is stubborn. It's not a child. There is a demon or a devil behind that child. A woman came to me when I was back in camera and said, Pastor, I have done everything that I can do to this girl, but this girl will not stay home. And she said, we close the doors, she will go out through the window. And even when there is an opportunity and she's outside, she jumps over the fence. And when she goes out, she has to come back in the morning. And as I was speaking to the girl, I perceived that the girl was possessed with a demonic spirit. The moment we drove out that demon, from that day the girl changed. Because it was not the girl, there was a spirit inside the girl that was controlling the girl to behave the way it's behaving. There's some people that may be hating you. It's not them. There is a devil behind them that is causing them to do what they are doing. That is why when Jesus was telling his disciples about his crucifixion and resurrection, Peter came to Jesus and said, God forbid, you will not die. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, I rebuke you, Satan. He was not talking to Peter. He was talking to the voice that was inspiring Peter to speak against his mission. Is anybody hearing me? Even though we live in the flesh, we are not fighting a physical battle. Sometimes your husband is acting funny. It's not your husband. Sometimes your wife is acting funny. It's not your wife. There is a spirit that is influencing people to act. And until you know where the battle lies, you are going to fight useless battles. We are not waging war in the flesh. And it says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, there are spiritual weapons in the Bible. I'm not going to take time to explain some of them. I'm going to give you their names. If you want to go further in prayers and intercession, I can tell you that some other time. But there are more than 20 weapons in the Bible mentioned for prayers. When the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, it means they are weapons. Right now, one of the greatest threats to the world peace is North Korea. Every time King Jong-un says something, the American intelligence begins to analyze what he has said. Because they know this guy has weapons that can terrorize the whole world. He has weapons. So, the devil is not afraid of you because you come to church. The devil is not afraid of you because... You belong to Nubri. The devil is not afraid of you because you are Pentecostal. When the devil knows you have weapons, that is when he begins, he becomes afraid of you because he knows that if you release those weapons against him, he's in trouble. 
but they are Christians that despite all these weapons that God has given, they have no knowledge of these weapons, and that is why they are so powerless. Hallelujah. What makes a police officer powerful is not his size. That gun that he carries beyond his, beside his waist is what everybody is afraid of. If police officers were walking without weapons, people would beat them on the streets. Is somebody hearing me? Because some of them are skinny, police officers, some of them are tiny, some of them are short. But when you see all the things they carry on their waist, the taser, the guns, and everything, whatever is they say you hear, especially if you're a black man in this country and they pull you over, this is what you do. Sometimes you are shaking because you don't know what can happen in the next second. Weapons are powerful. But there are believers who walk around with no weapons. That is why the devil pushes you left and right because you don't have any weapons. But this morning, listen to me. Number one, the name of Jesus is a weapon. Is somebody hearing me? The name of Jesus is a weapon. The Bible says he was given a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of that name, every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. The word of God is a weapon. When the enemy came against Jesus after his, his, his fasting, he said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Never did you hear Jesus quoting all kinds of satanic thunders and he said it is written because the word of God is a weapon. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. The Bible said he overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the words of what? Their testimony. One more. Testimony is a weapon. Sometimes when the devil is coming against your family, coming against your children, you don't need to pray or cast. Just start testifying. Start testifying. The Bible said they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. Amen. Maybe you are looking for a job and the job is not coming. You start testifying. I remember in 2010, when I came into this country, God gave me a job for $10. That same God moved me to $13.50. That same God moved me to $18.20. I know that even though it seems impossible, God is still working. Amen. If somebody hearing me, you begin testifying. Testifying because... Testimony is a weapon. That is why anytime we testify, we crush the head of the enemy. What is a weapon? The another weapon that is mentioned in the Bible is the call, what they call the east wind. Anytime demons are gathered, we release the east wind. That wind is the wind responsible to remove roofs, the wind that causes tornado in the spirit. So when I'm praying, I say, anywhere terrorists are gathered, I release the east wind. I'm not going to give you scripture. I'll tell you if you want to know more about this, come for private classes. <laughs> then the south wind, the south wind is a weapon. There is a special angel in the Bible that is called a carpenter. All what it does is to destroy. Whenever the carpenter comes, whatever has, has been established that is not established by God, he brings it down. It's a weapon. Then you have the fishers. Whenever somebody has buried your name in secret, the fisher goes there and dig it out. Is a special angel in the Bible. Then you have the flying scroll, which I talked about some time ago. And Brother Evis testified about it in Zechariah chapter 5. It's an angel that is responsible to arrest those that are swearing falsely or those that bear false witness. It's a weapon. Then you have the ravenous bear that is responsible to arrest witches and wizards that operate in the night. Can I go further? Then you have the hunters who go around to hunt. Maybe your documents are in certain offices. Pending approval. 
When you employ the hunter, he goes into that building and fish out that document. We have weapons in the Bible. And the Bible says these weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Amen. See, weapons are only powerful if you are in God. It says they are mighty through what? Through God. It means that if you caught any of these weapons and you are not in God, it's not powerful. The only time that the blood of Jesus is powerful is if you, if you are in Christ. Now, I told you that I have a, a lead. My present lead in where I work now, his name is Jesus. He's a Spanish man called Jesus, but he spelled Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. And the guy is not even a Christian. So I'm saying, if this guy's name was powerful, then any time the mother said, Jesus, maybe miracles will be happening in that family. But it's not the name that is powerful. It's the person who calls the name that makes the name powerful. Is anybody hearing me? It is not J-E-S-U-S that is powerful. It's the mouth of the person that calls that name that makes it powerful. Just like the Bible. This Bible is like every other book. You go to the native doctor's house, you find this book. You go to Resolution's house, you find this book. You go to the house of occultists, you find this book. But when a man who has faith takes this book and begins to quote out of this book, it is not ordinary. It is powerful. It becomes the word of God. Is somebody hearing me? So it is not just mentioning these weapons that make it powerful. It is who you are that makes this weapon powerful. They are mighty true God. The Bible clearly says, it gives us the reasons why these weapons are given. It says to the pulling down of strongholds. So it means that all these weapons that God has given to us is to pull down strongholds. Now I want to surprise you this morning. Because many of us that quote this, this text when we pray, we think about maybe some woman in a village that is sitting on your progress. That's what we think when we're praying. But the strongholds that I mentioned in this text has nothing to do with witches and wizards. If you read this text in, in, in the King James Version, after strongholds, uh, sister, what do you see in your Bible? What, what is the punctuation sign you see after strongholds? Uh, semicolon. Semicolon. And those of you that study English, what does semicolon mean when you see semicolon? I'm asking you now. I'm trying to teach English in this, in this church now. <laughs> when you see semicolon, for those of you that did English 101, it means that the next statement that is coming is explaining what the former statement said. So when it says that, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It means that what is coming after is explaining what is strongholds. Number one, it says what? Can you read from your New King James, from King James Version? What does it say? Casting down imagination. Number one, imagine, number one stronghold is, is imagination. It's not a grandmother in a village or a wizard. The first stronghold we need to pull down is false imagination. Albert Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the whole world. Listen, what you don't know, you cannot go above. But from where you are, you can imagine something in South Korea. Is somebody hearing me? There is power in imagination. Now, when you read your Bible in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, when the people started building the Tower of Babel, they were constructing and going up. And the Lord said in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, He said, And the Lord said, Behold, 
These people are one. And they all have one language. And they've begun to do this thing. Nothing they plan to do will, will stop them, which they imagine to do. The exact reason why God destroyed the Tower of Babel was not because they were building straight into the sky. Because some people suggest that they were trying to build a tower into heaven. If you have studied, you, you, you understand that. To take the fastest jet from the earth to the sun will take you 15 years. The fastest jet plane to fly from the earth to the sun is 15 years. How long does it take? How long will it take for a human being to build a tower into heaven? So that was an impossible mission. So the, the exact reason why God destroyed the tower of Babel was not because they were building into the sky. The Bible says, whatever they imagine, because everything they were imagining was false. They had a false imagination about God. And God said, if I don't stop these people now, they will destroy my plan for humanity. The first stronghold we have to pull down is false imagination. False imagination. Like somebody said to me, say, Pastor, you are so nice. You are so nice. Because if I was a pastor, I would deal with these people. I say, that's why you're not a pastor. <laughs> Your imaginations are all evil. Say, people just do what they want to do, and you pastors just look at them, and you act like nothing happened. He say, if I was the pastor, what I would do to that woman? I said, that's why you cannot be the pastor, because your imaginations are evil. The first place we have to overcome the devil is in our imagination. Do you know some of you now imagine the devil being a very powerful guy who has horns and is flying everywhere, destroying people? And that's why you pray, you pray with fear. You get up in the morning, you cover the blood of Jesus. In the afternoon, you cover the blood of Jesus. In the night, you cover the blood. Even your food, you cover blood before you eat. Because in your imagination, the devil is one strong guy who has all the power. But until you bring the devil down in your imagination, you cannot overcome the devil. Can I preach to somebody this morning? False imagination. The Bible said the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking for whom to devour. He is not a lion, but he presents himself like a lion. Because he wants you to imagine him to be a lion, then he will have power over you. But when you see who the devil is, no matter how he comes against you, you know you are not a lion. Get out. We have this thing we do in, in, a, in, in a farm. When we plant like corn or maize or whatever grain, birds will come and dig up the soil and eat it. So what parents will do or mothers will do is that they will make a, a, a figure or a structure that looks like a human being. And then when the wind begins to blow, and the birds will think that this is a real human being and they will not come to that farm. That is exactly what the devil does to us. There is nothing inside that figure. There is no life inside. All that helps the, 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 the figure to move is the wind. And then sometimes they take these uh, old cassette ropes and tie around the farm. And when the wind begins to blow, it produces some and the birds all run away. That is exactly what the devil is doing to many Christians. He presents himself like as if he's powerful, as, as if he's very strong, and then we are afraid. We start praying unnecessary prayers. After today, bring the devil down in your imagination. I say, bring the devil down in your imagination. Amen. The devil is not powerful. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of the enemy, triumphing over him on the cross. What does that mean? 
The picture that Apostle Paul is painting in this text is a picture of a Roman general who has obtained victory after war. And this is what was done in back in the day. When a Roman general went for war and conquered, they would capture the, the general of the opponent alive. And then when they are coming back to their camp, all the citizens will be on the both sides of the road. And then the victorious general marches to the president or the king. And then the one that was captured is in chains and walking behind the, the general who had the victory. And then the, the general walks to the king and said, General, and said, Oh my king, we had victory in the war, and this is the one we captured. And then the people will be clapping as they parade and expose the general in shame who was captured. That is exactly what Jesus did to Satan when he died and resurrected. He arrested Satan and he went to God and said, God, this is the enemy that has been terrorizing the whole world. I've captured him. And everyone that believes in me has overcome this one. Amen. But even though we read these scriptures, we do not understand that the enemy has been captured. The enemy has been defeated. He has no power. Hallelujah. Bring the devil down in your mind. Number two. Number two strong we need to bring down is false doctrine. It says, can you please read again from that version? I want to read Kim James version because it explains that very well. And every every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, false doctrine. Listen, one of the greatest things that can destroy a church or destroy a man is not the devil. It's false doctrine. When they teach you wrong, and you believe that thing they've taught you. And you begin to act upon that thing. Your life is destroyed. Can you believe that? I saw this thing on Facebook where a pastor who claims to be a deliverance minister. is doing deliverance in church. And he has young ladies in front of the church. I don't know what scriptures they read in the Bible. I don't know if they have another Bible. And a pastor professing to do deliverance will give these girls mouth to mouth kiss. That he's sorting out the devil. You need to really be possessed to, to believe that what the pastor is doing is of God. But that is false doctrine. What they do is that they, they hypnotize you and they bring you scriptures in the Bible that are deceptive to make you believe in what they want to do. I want you to believe that the evil spirit that they propagate has power over your life. That is why you go to a church and the pastor, you, you that is watching on TV, can clearly see that this man is a false prophet. But the people under him are not able to see because they have been deceived. By that false doctrine. What you need to bring down in your mind. False teachings. False doctrines. And one of the things that many pastors fight against is not devils. It's false doctrine. People that have believed contrary things. And now you're trying to teach them something new. They don't receive what you're teaching them because they have false doctrines already established in their minds. The Bible clearly says. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the latter days, the things that Christians believe today are things that back in the day, if they told anybody that people would believe in those things, nobody would say that is true. But people believe in those things. False doctrines, bringing down. All those false doctrines. Take for example. 20 years back in this country. 
If they told you that a Pentecostal preacher will officiate a wedding between a man and a man, you would have said that is impossible. But today, there are pastors with clerical who read this Bible and they officiate a wedding between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. False doctrine. They have to teach you to the point that they now subdue you and bring your mind under captivity to make you believe it. I want to believe it, the devil has power over you. False doctrine. Another false doctrine that is being taught, which is affecting many churches, especially in the United States, is the doctrine of eternal security. And what does it say? Once you are safe, you are safe. Once you step out and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, you can never go to hell. So you can go back and live anyhow you want. You can go back and keep smoking, keep fornicating. You go to heaven because you, you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And you have people living anyhow. They think they are Christians because they think that once in, in, in a lifetime, they went out and said a short prayer and said they gave their lives to Jesus. It's a false doctrine. Then you have another doctrine which is going on today, which is, which is not to my advantage as a pastor, but I have to tell you, is the giving deception. When pastors are made to understand that for you to get anything, you have to give something. Have you not, who, how many of you watch uh, cable TV, like preachers preaching on TV? It is rare to see a preacher today on TV who can just preach the word of God and say amen and go without asking for an offering. Am I saying the truth? Everything today must end with an offering. Prayer, offering. Song, offering. Everything has to do with offering. And many Christians now believe that for them to get something, they have to give something. To the point that when they don't have, they feel as if God cannot bless them because they don't have. And this is what I say. If the woman with the issue of blood was living today, she would never have been healed. You know why? Because she didn't have an offering to give Jesus. Everything today has to be connected to an offering. If blind Bartimaeus was living today, he would never have been healed because he had no offering to give Jesus. Listen, what brings blessing is the grace of God. Jesus said, freely you have received and freely what? Give. It is the finished work on the cross of Calvary that gives us access to the blessings of God and not our giving, not our money, not anything. Just what Jesus did on the cross is what gives us access to God's blessings. So you go to places that tell you, oh brother, you can never have a job if you don't sow a seed in this ministry. And then you start, you start thinking that the reason why I don't have a job is because I've not sown a seed in that pastor's life or in that pastor's ministry. Deception. Number three that the Bible talks about, I want you to read again, sister, from the last part of that, verse five. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity every thought. The last stronghold to bring down is false thoughts. False thoughts. Remember, the, remember this quote that says, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your habits. Watch your habits, it becomes your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. But everything begins from your thinking. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform yourself to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change does not start in your body. Change starts in your mind. The way you think is the way change starts. You may, you may be in the church, but still think like an unbeliever. So if your mind is not transformed, you cannot overcome the devil. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 
It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all what we can ever ask, or what? Or think. So, if you're only thinking evil, what is, God, what is God going to do? Because God is measuring what he's going to do for you based on your thoughts. Maybe our brother was thinking that I'll just get a job. But God went above the job and gave him a secret clearance. You have to be thinking something for God to go above what you're thinking. So if you're not thinking positive, what will God go above? In the Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. One of the greatest warfare that we have as Christians is to keep our thoughts focused on the Lord. And this is what I always say. If, if God decided right now to make a small screen on our forehead, like a small iPad, that displays everything we think. Some of us will have hair scalp all our lives. Because we will not like to see, we will not like to see, I mean we will not like others to see what we are thinking. Just imagine sometimes you have a conflict with your husband or your wife and you're thinking something about them and they're able to see what you're thinking. Many marriages should have been destroyed because of what we're thinking. The greatest warfare we have is not the devil. What we think. Is somebody hearing me? What we think. If you can keep your mind positive, the devil has no place in your life. If you can keep your thoughts positive, the devil has no place in your life. The warfare to keep our minds on God. Like I said, most of us think about the devil. The devil is so powerful. Like some people see the devil in everything. You call a brother, brother, pray for this food, let us eat. Father, we thank you for this food. We pray that you bless this food. We pray that you bless the hands that prepare this food. Father, any satanic power that we want to pass through this food to poison our system. When you pray such a prayer, I'm the one who cooked that food. What do you think I'll be thinking? That I did something to the food to poison people. People don't see God in anything. All they see is devil, devil, and devil. Some people are too devil conscious. They see the devil in everything. Until you come to the place where you see Jesus, who is in control of everything, you cannot overcome the devil. So the place to overcome the devil is in your mind. Like I was telling you a story about a pastor that went to preach somewhere. He was in a hotel room. And in a night, not in a dream, in a daylight. He, 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 he saw his bed swinging. Like those of you that know the swing, like what God sees us. He was swinging. And then he got up on the sleep and was wondering, what is moving my bed? And in a physical ring, he saw four dark figures on the, on the four side of his bed, swinging in his bed. And because his pastor knew who the devil was, he closed his eyes and he's like, and he slept back. If it was me and you today, you get up in the night, you see just a shadow in your room, you will jump and scream the blood of Jesus, your neighbors will know that something has happened. But the pastor understood that if the devil had power to touch me, he will not swing my bed. He will come and touch me directly. The reason why the devil had to swing the bed was to create fear. Then through the fear, they will have access into the life of the man of God. 
But the man of God understood that the devil had no power and no place in his life. And he slept. Amen. That's why there's some prayers you don't pray. There's some battles you don't fight. You just ignore the devil. Amen. You just ignore the devil. There's some things you don't respond to. You just ignore the devil. Because you understand that if we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places far beyond principalities and powers. Is anybody hearing me? We are seated with Christ. Where Christ is sitting is where I'm sitting. Where Christ stands is where I stand. Where Christ lives is where I live. What devil can have access to where Christ is? But because we do not know, everything is the devil. We see the devil in full. We see the devil on TV. We see the devil in the house. We see the devil in everything. Some of us, our mother-in-laws are even devils. Because everything is about the devil. But today I came to tell you, bring down that stronghold in your mind. Because God is giving you victory. I said God is giving you victory. In the name of Jesus. The greatest place to overcome the devil is in our minds. Once you overcome the devil in your mind, you've overcome. Hallelujah. It's like going for an interview. Once you overcome that interview in your mind, you can tell the interviewer anything without being afraid. But when you are still afraid, they can ask you, tell me about yourself. I'm, I'm Moses of Nazareth. You, you forget even your name because you have not overcome in your mind. But once you overcome in your mind, you can pocket your hands behind that, before those people and introduce yourself with confidence and tell them about yourself. And they'll tell you, oh, that's, that's enough, that's enough. You keep going because there is confidence. You've already overcome. But once there is fear, before you get there, use the restroom like three times. Because in your mind, that interview is so high and powerful. Until you bring it down in your mind, you cannot overcome. Tell somebody, bring it down, bring it down. Tell somebody, bring it down. Hallelujah. Bring it down. Bring it down. I remember the first day I ever preached in a crusade. I can never forget that day. Preaching before like 500 people. The microphone was shaking to the point that the people in the crowd could see that I was shaking. Because in my mind, how do I preach before all these people? So nervous. But when I overcame, now when I preached before 500 people, that's a small crowd. Because I preached in more crowd than that. But you have to overcome in your mind. Before you can overcome anything outside. Is anybody hearing me? Bring the devil down, number one, in your imagination. Number two, false doctrines. Number three, in your thoughts. Once you can conquer the devil in those three areas, no devil has power over you. Hallelujah. Can we stand on our feet? Prayer, we're going to pray.